Hello, welcome to another episode of Wake the Bride podcast. My name is Luke Beats. In Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, the Apostle Paul states, And knowing the time, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. It is my goal to help stir a sleeping church and motivate weary believers by looking at current events, Bible prophecy, and apologetics. Hopefully, by the end of each episode, we can better see as Jesus did in John 4.35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Excuse me. Um, I know I had uh, posted on Facebook and uh, talked about how that I wanted to look at Ezekiel 38 and 39, the War of Gog and Magog, as a signpost to where we are in the end times. Um, As I begin to work on uh, putting it all together, this is a passage I have studied. Um, I've preached on this passage multiple times. I've looked at it. I've done some different work and study in it, but as I begin to try and put it together, uh, as I would for a podcast, which is different than how I would preach, different than um, how I would do different things, but when I begin to put it together as a podcast and try and get my uh, information together and I begin to line it up, I quickly realize this is too much for one uh, for one single episode. It would. It's going to be two episodes today. I want to do part number one. Um, I think whenever you look at this passage, this is one of the pat one passage that when you look at it and begin to dig into it, it becomes very clear that the prophet Ezekiel really um, getting close to three thousand years ago. Under it's a little under three thousand years. But getting close to 3,000 years ago, really, uh, somewhere in the area of 20, maybe 25, 2,700 years ago, somewhere in that time frame, um, there are things that he talked about that there is no way humanly possible he could have just known just by human intellect and just by um, human knowledge that it just wouldn't work. It is a great example of how Bible prophecy can encourage the believer. It is a great example of how Bible prophecy can um, really give so much encouragement and confidence and faith to a believer because it shows us that God is in control. No matter what's going on around us, no matter how crazy the situation is, we can look at Bible prophecy and we can say, the God who revealed this to these men thousands of years ago, things they could not, and this prophecy really, in the way that you can see um, how that it is future, that it's not a past fulfilled past uh, fulfilled prophecy, this is a future prophecy, and we'll get into some of the reasons as to how you can know that. Now, next week we're going to get into um, at least eight different reasons that show that it is to be fulfilled in our day. Um, or that it could not have been fulfilled until our day. And there are some uh, 
uh, very specific things that when you look at this text that it points out are going to happen and they haven't happened until our day. Some of them literally have just begun to happen this year. I mean, it is, I find it very, very fascinating when you look at this. I, I love this passage. Um, now, I also want to point out that there are some aspects of the passage that they're not the most pleasant. Um, they're not like sunshine and roses. But to the Christian, we can look at it and say, my God knows what is coming. The one who keeps me, the one in whom I have placed my trust and my faith, my God, he is in charge. He is sovereign. He is in control. Nothing is catching him by surprise. They can give us great hope. Um, that being said, I do want to quickly, and I'm going to say this probably a couple of times throughout the program today, but I do believe it is a mistake and it's an error whenever people begin to try and set dates. Um, I don't think that that is wise. Now, I don't think it's wise to try and set dates on, okay, hey, on November 30th, this prophecy is going to happen. Um, I don't really think that's very wise uh, because God has not told me. Uh, I don't really see the wisdom of that. Uh, but there are certain things about which we cannot. It's not just not wise. It is wrong. And it's against scripture to set dates. And that's one of the things I want to touch just real quick. It is wrong. And it is against the Bible. It is unbiblical to try and point out, pinpoint, I should say, the day of when Jesus is going to return. And in this podcast, I am going to look at this Ezekiel 38, 39 prophecy of the war of Gog and Magog as a signpost as to where we are. Something we can look at and say we are truly getting close to the end. But in doing that, I am in no way trying to set a date or even really a time frame as to when Jesus is returning. Now, I do believe, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, and some of this I'm going to deal with later on. Suffice it to say, until we get to where I'm going to deal with that specifically, um, I am not a date setter. I do not attempt to set a date for when Jesus is going to return. The Bible says no man knows. <clears throat> and I tend to believe what the Bible says. So it says no man knows. Therefore, I don't know. And I'm not going to try and set a date. With that being said, I do want to ask this question. Just how close are we to the end? How close, how close are we to everything wrapping up? How close can we know? that we are getting close. Are we just supposed to sit around and hope? I hope that we're getting there or are we just supposed to be in unaware and just not knowing what's going on and just being so unsure or can we know that we're getting close? Now, an illustration I've heard uh, made multiple times, um, I've heard made multiple times on prophecy uh, programs that I've listened to, um, prophecy conferences that I've listened to, as things I've heard, uh, one illustration that I've heard quite a bit, it, it applies especially 
to the time we're living in right now. Uh, I've heard it said when you go into the store, you go into Walmart, you go into whatever the local store is, a grocery store where you live. When you go into the store and you, it's maybe it's November, maybe it's October, and you're looking around and man, they're already putting up Christmas stuff. And they have here. I mean, there is if you go into Walmart or Lowe's or some of these other stores, you are going to see Christmas decorations everywhere. Now, it's not Christmas time. It's not even December yet. In fact, there's another holiday that's coming up closer to where we are. And whenever I go into Walmart or I go into another store and I see the Christmas decorations and I see the the Christmas trees or I, I see the the blow up, you know, the inflatable different um, decorations that you can buy for Christmas, then I know, hey, it's November. In my knowledge of knowing it's November, and man, they've already got all this up, then I can know that it is getting really close to Thanksgiving. You say, wait a minute, that don't make sense. What does? You don't have as much decorations and, you know, decorations and things for Thanksgiving. But by knowing that Christmas is around the corner, by seeing all the signs for Christmas, and I know that this other holiday comes first, or I know that it is closely associated with it, then I can know that I'm getting very close to it. Um, In the same way, I believe with Bible prophecy that... I believe, excuse me there. In the same way, I believe with Bible prophecy that I can look at things that God said is going to happen at the end. And then I can understand that at the end, there is going to be a a coming of Christ where he gathers his saints to himself. Now, I don't believe that I can look and say, this has to happen first or this has to happen first. I don't think anything has to happen uh, before the rapture takes place. We'll look at some of those things later. Another time we'll look at that exact statement of what I mean by that. But um, there's not a specific sign that I can point at and say, hey, when this happens, the rapture, man, it's coming right now. But I can look and say when end time events begin to unfold, they unfold rapidly. And so by saying that, I can, I can say that if we can see signs that prophecy is being fulfilled, it should be something that screams to us, get ready. Jesus is returning soon. That's not setting a date. That's simply understanding where we are in the prophetic timeline. So just how close are we to the end? <clears throat> well, I think that's a really interesting question. Now, the Bible clearly states, as I've already kind of touched on, but I want to look at it. The Bible clearly states that no man can know the exact timing of the Lord's return. Mark 13, 32, the Bible says, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son of Man, but the Father. So Jesus says, when he was on earth especially, I don't even know when I'm coming back. We looked at that in some of our past episodes. But I just, I want to stress that. Some people, they have heard Bible prophecy. They have 
hurt the faith of people because they have discarded this scripture and thought, hey, I know. I have figured it out. God has revealed it to me. No, he didn't. And no, you haven't. If anyone says, I know when Jesus is coming back, I can tell you the day. Just go ahead and mark that right there. They're mistaken. They are wrong. Don't let that shake your faith. Because the Bible has already told us that is not true. Believe what the Bible says, even if it goes against what your favorite preacher or teacher says, stick with the book. You'll be safe if you stick with the book. Um, stick with the Bible. That is God's word. What I say, what a preacher says, what a man says, that a lot of times is our opinion. It is what we look at the scripture and pull out, but it's not the very word of God. It is not the same as the Bible. Stick with that. You're going to be okay. Now, while I agree that it is not possible to know the day or the hour of Jesus' return, it is also clear from Scripture that we can and should be aware of the season of the Lord's return. Um, in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 5, uh, we're gonna, you'll notice this. The Bible says there in verse number 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now you notice that it says there of the times and the seasons. That's general. In other words, you can in general understand by looking at what's going on around you. Now we see this even more clearly if we keep reading and we're going to compare it to another passage. Uh, but verse number four, pick up there again. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Now, while it is true that the day of the Lord is going to come upon uh, the world especially, so unexpectedly, they're not going to expect it. They should, if they read their Bible and they understood what it was saying, they could have warning, but they don't. Now, we don't know the exact timing, the exact day, but as the scripture here said, we can look around and we can see what's going on and we can know the season. We can understand that we are getting close to what is going to happen. And when you couple this passage with the rebuke that Jesus gave to the religious leaders of his day, this even becomes more clear that we should be able to look at the signs that are going on and we can know, hey, we're getting close. And you'll see this in Matthew chapter 16. I've mentioned this scripture a few times in some other podcasts, but I think it is, I think it's a really, gives a very good point. as to makes the point very nicely as to what I'm trying to say here. Uh, Matthew 16, verse number one. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, when it is evening, ye say it will be fair for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the time. It is made starkly clear in this passage, that we should be aware of the signs that point to our place in the timing of God's prophetic timeline. 
One such signpost that I believe we should be very aware of is the Gog and Magog invasion talked about in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. Now, if you just heard me say Gog and Magog, and you say, hey, I never seen either of those two names on a map, and I really don't know what on earth you're talking about. Um, who or what is Gog and Magog? You're probably not alone in your confusion. Um, there's probably a lot of people that would be right where you are saying, uh, I don't think I know what Gog and Magog is. Is that what's going on around right now? I mean, I thought that was coronavirus. Gog, I mean, you're getting coughing, you're getting congested. Um, no. What is Gog and Magog? Now, before I answer that question, and really, uh, just in full disclosure, next week is when I'm going to give you, I'm going to explain who Gog and Magog is. I'm going to go through some other nations that are mentioned, but I, I want to show you why that's important. So before I answer that question, I want to read some of this passage, just so we can kind of get an understanding of what it is we're talking about. Now, this is going to be in Ezekiel chapter 38. I do use the King James Version of the Bible. Uh, so if you're not using the King James, you might see a couple of different words in there. Um, but listen to what it says here. Ezekiel chapter 30. I'm not going to read all of chapter 38 and 39. I'm just going to read the first uh, set of verses out of, verse thir out of chapter 38. Just to kind of give us some context and some understanding of what we're going to be looking at this week and next week. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth in all of thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sets, sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all of his bands, the house of Torgarma <clears throat> of the north quarters and all of his bands and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare thyself, thou and all thy company, that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have always been waste, but is, but is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, Thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. <clears throat> Thus saith the Lord God, it shall, it shall also come to pass that at the same time things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls. <clears throat> and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and to take a prey, and to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. 
Now, first, what I want to do is I want to show why I would say this is a future prophecy. This is not a prophecy that has been fulfilled in the past. Now, there are some, as we talked about last week, uh, preterists that would say all of Bible prophecy except for the return of Christ, a partial preterist would say this, all of Bible prophecy except for the return of Christ has already happened. Full preterists would say even that has happened. But this passage, as I said, we're going to see within this week and next week, we're going to see that this it's not possible for this to have been fulfilled even until our day, until things that have happened even this year. We're not going to get into some of that until next week. But I do want to show some different um, things that I believe will easily show us that this was a future prophecy to the time of Ezekiel. And it is a future prophecy even for us. So first, I need to show how I can say that or why I would say that this is a future event and not a past occurrence. The first thing you're going to notice that I think points to the fact that this is a future prophecy, not past fulfillment, excuse me, is that the Bible and what in the passage we read, it specifically says this will happen in the latter years. You see that in chat, you see this in verse number eight, and we'll read that again real quick because I want you to see. And not just take my opinion for it, not just take what I think about it, but I want you to really see what it's saying here. After many days, verse 8, Ezekiel 38, and eight, after many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years, thou shalt come, down to Gog and Magog, thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have always been waste, but is brought forth, out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. So the Bible specifically tells us that this is talking about a time that it refers to as the latter years. Now, you don't really see um, the term end times, uh, the latter years. You don't see those terms until you get to the New Testament. Really, Peter begins talking about this in Acts. So this would have had to have been future over 500 years, um, quite a bit in the future of what Ezekiel was talking about. But I believe we can even tie it closer to our day. Um, and we're going to get into some of that, especially one reason why I can say that it would not have been until our time period. And uh, next week, we'll, anyway, I've already said that enough, but next week we'll see some very specific things. But there is some that we will see this week that is very clear that it is a future occurrence. Now, it says specifically that it would not happen until the latter years. So that's the first reason why I would say this is an end-time future occurrence, not a, <clears throat> not a past fulfilled prophecy. The second thing you're going to notice that shows it is future prophecy is the fact that it says here um, that the passage, uh, even though I didn't really include this in where we read, I'm, I'm going to point to it, um, the passage specifically says in verses 14 through 17 that it is a long separating period from when the prophecy is given to when the prophecy is fulfilled. And I feel like I said that just all jumbled, and I'm sorry about that. So let, let me restate that. Though I didn't include it, what I'm fixing to read in the passage that I read at the beginning of Ezekiel 38, um, verses 1 through verse 12. don't have it right there in front of me right now. 
even though I did not include this that I'm fixing to point at, um, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to point to different places throughout chapter 38 and 39. So I didn't read this earlier, but it gives great evidence that it is future. Because listen what it says here. Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, thus saith the Lord, in that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. <clears throat> and thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days. Again, it puts that in there, stresses that. <clears throat> and I will bring thee against my land that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before thy eyes. Thus saith the Lord, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? So in this um, Ezekiel 38, verses 14 through 17, this we just read here, we see in verse 16 again a reference to the latter days um, really a little more specific because if you went back to verse 8, it said the latter years, but in verse 16, it says the latter days. So we're getting down to the end. Then you see that it says in verse 17 that this was something that was spoken of in old times, stressing how far removed this is. Um, and then it talks about, uh, at the beginning of verse 17, then at the end of 17, it speaks of this, it says this, which prophesied in those days many years. So in other words, it's saying many years ago, this was prophesied. So again, this is stressing the fact this is a future prophecy, a future event that will take place in the end. Um, now, again, I, I want to point that out. I want to recap what I just said. In verse 18, the prophecy is spoken of in old times. And again, it talks about that it's going to happen after many years. Now, I want to notice two more uh, points really quickly um, before time gets too far away from us. You're going to see the third reason why I would say this is a future prophecy that will be fulfilled in the future. It's not something that's already happened. This is a future prophecy to us. Future, and I'm saying it was prophesied, the prophecy is given directly to Americans. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it will happen in our future. It was prophesied for our day. Um, the, rega the third one you notice is the regathering would be of Israel from many nations and peoples. Now, the other dispersion that you see in the Bible spoken of would be the Babylonian captivity. Whenever Babylon came in and they sacked the city of Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple. Um, this was something that happened. And it happened in the past. This has already taken place. Obviously, it happened before Jesus even came to earth. This is something that Jeremiah prophesied about. It was a 70-year-long captivity. But it was done by one nation. It was done and it was completed by Babylon. Babylon came in, took the Jews, came in, I believe, two or three times, uh, came in and deported people, um, sent them you know, throughout their kingdom. But it was through their kingdom. Their kingdom is in conquered. The Babylonian Empire is in conquered by Persia. 
Persia allows the Jews to return. But look at how it words this prophecy. It specifically talks about that this would be a regathering from many nations and peoples. It specifically talks about the fact that this would not simply be a regathering uh, from one nation, just from the nation of Babylon. Now, it uses some very specific terminology. It uses some very specific phrases that I want to point out real quick. I thought I had, if you hear some pages turning, that's me turning very quickly uh, to the passage because I thought I had copied and pasted these scriptures, but apparently I didn't. So you're going to see this in uh, verses 8 and verse number 12, um, where it says there in verse number 8, After many days thou shalt be visited, and in the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people. There you're going to see in verse number 12, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. So this is not just one nation, one empire. This is saying they are scattered everywhere, all over the face of the earth, and they would be regathered. Now, this didn't happen until 1948. That's when this began, really began to be fulfilled, that aspect of it. So because of that, I can say that until a relatively recent time period, this could not have even began to be fulfilled. Now, there are some things in here, you say 1948, man, that's been a little while back, and you're correct. It has been a little while ago. But there are things mentioned in here that didn't happen in 1948. So this prophecy couldn't have been fulfilled even then. In fact, there are things that did not happen until this year. Um, I know I've already said that. I'm kind of throwing that out there as as is, uh to whet some appetite about what's coming up because I think it's so awesome and interesting how that I can look at that and look at this prophecy and say I'm in the days when this should happen. And again, I'm not setting a date, not at all. I'm just saying we can see the fulfillment of it beginning to happen in our day, and I think it's exciting. Um, now, number four, this one I want to look at, uh, the fourth and final reason that I'm going to get into today as to why I can say this is a future prophecy. It was not one that happened in the past. I mean, the one about 1948 is pretty big. Um, but we're going to deal with 1948 again real quick, uh, just a little bit. But there's another one. And this one may not seem, may not have jumped out at you quite as much. But I want you to notice what land it is said is going to be invaded. If you listened and you heard what it talked about, it specifically says Israel. It's called, of course, yeah, it's in the Bible. What, what, what does that make a big deal? But have you ever wondered how Israel became known as the land of Palestine? That, that's a pretty big key that he didn't say they're going to invade the land of Palestine, which is really what a lot of people want to call Israel these days, the Levant or Palestine or you know something like that. Um, you ever wondered how that came about? How on earth, why do they call it that? Let me give you some history real quick. In 70 AD, 
whenever Rome came in and sacked the city of Jerusalem, and destroyed the Jewish nation, um, destroyed the Jewish temple, and began to scatter them about all over the world, um, that was the first step. But Israel and Jews, they still, they would revolt even after that. They revolted from time to time. And one of those that would have happened, one of the revolts would have been in A.D. 132. It would have went through A.D. 136, and it would have been uh, led by a, a rabbi is known as the Bar, and I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong. If I do, I'm sorry. It's not intentional. Uh, the Bar Kochba uh, revolt of AD 132 to AD 136. It broke out, and when the fighting started, and whenever people began, when the Jews were revolting, it proved to be very costly to both sides. Although the Judeans suffered the worst casualties, there were 500,000 combatants killed, not counting many that were captured, um, other people that weren't combatants, that like women, children, um, people that weren't fighting, but they were caught in the crossfire, so to speak. And uh, there were many deaths on the side of the Judeans. And many Romans were killed during this, um, during this revolt. And because of that, it so enraged the Emperor Hadrian, I think of Hadrian's Wall in England, or in, yeah, in, in England, in Britain, um, that same one, it so enraged him, the Jewish resistance did, that he renamed the province of Israel. He struck that name, Israel, Judea, from it, and changed the name to Syria, Palestinia, after the two traditional enemies of the Jews, the Syrians and the Philistines. And he banished all Jews from the region. So why is it that people look at Israel today and they say, oh, that's the land of Palestine. That's Palestine. There are Palestinians. Why, why do we have that name? Because in 132, the Roman emperor was so mad at the revolt and resistance of the Jews that he said, I'm going to insult you and even change the name of your land. You're not even going to have a land anymore. And because of that, we have people who say, well, that's Palestine. That's not Israel. But in 132, an emperor, a Roman emperor said, I'm going to insult you by naming your land after your two enemies. Now, this name stuck Palestine. Now, that name stuck to the land until 1948 when Israel, um, when the Jews again reestablished the name to the land of Israel. Now, the prophecy said specifically that Gog and Magog would lead a coalition of nations and they would invade not the land of Palestine, but the land of Israel. If it had happened, if this prophecy had been fulfilled in the time period after the death, resurrection of Jesus, after um, 70 AD, sometime between then and 1948, in order for it to be correct, it should have said, you're going to invade my land that is now known as Palestine. But it doesn't. It says, you will invade the land of Israel. You're going to invade a people that have been brought back. Now, during their dispersion, that land was known as Palestine. It was not until they came back in 1948 that this prophecy could have even possibly 
been fulfilled. The renaming of the land from Palestine to Israel was something that had to happen. Now, when that happened, this began to pave the way for end times prophecy to begin to be fulfilled. For this, especially this end time prophecy, that had to happen. It did not happen until 1948 when Israel came back to their land. I think that's awesome. And I'm really hating <laughs> that I'm not going to be able to get into the rest of the um, of what I wanted to say in this podcast because I love this passage. It is so exciting to me to see things. I love it, but I'm not going to. Um, I haven't meant for my podcast to go as long as they have been the past couple, and I need to work on maybe shortening them up just a little bit, trying to keep them closer to that 30. Uh, I was going to say 30-minute mark, but we're at 36 minutes already, so maybe the 30 to 45-minute mark. Um, Anyway, I think this passage is awesome, and I think that it will be, I hope that it's something that's going to bless you. I hope this week has blessed you to see that there are reasons why I would say and why we can say that this is a future prophecy, but there are things that are happening today that had to happen in order for this prophecy to be completely fulfilled. Um, And really this week was just an introduction. Next week I'm going to get into at least eight things that specifically show that not only is this a future prophecy, but it could not have happened until our day. Um, Anyway, in conclusion, in light of all that we have seen today, let's go out and do as Jesus told his disciples in Luke 10 and verse 2. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's wake up and go out to win a lost world for our Savior and God, Jesus Christ. If we can see end-time prophecy beginning to come about, if we can see signposts that say, hey, you're getting close to the end, then it's time for us to get up. Let's think about our lost loved ones. Let's think about our lost friends. Let's think about those who do not know what's coming. And let's tell them of a God that we know is true, a God that has given us so much evidence in the form of Bible prophecy, among other things, that we can be 100% sure that God is real, God is true. He is sure and steadfast. There's no questioning about God. I mean, he's given us too much proof and too much evidence, Um, but I need to be done. So thanks again for listening wake the bride podcast if you enjoyed the episode um get on facebook look look find us there wake the bride wake the bride podcast like us on spotify like us on beaker uh, comment leave feedback i want to say thank you to everyone that has uh, been sending messages that has commented on the page that has given me feedback i appreciate it i try and uh, take it in and look at it see what where i can improve Um, where you think maybe I need to tweak things a little bit. So send me that feedback, message me, uh, comment on the page, and share it. Let people know, help this audience to grow. Thank you to everyone who's listening, and y'all have a good and blessed day.